Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 204. Today, as we look at Jeremiah and 1 Peter 2, we'll be looking at the idea of what it means to obey God no matter what. We'll see this in the life of Jeremiah. We'll see Peter's call to the people who are reading his letter to do the same. And we'll see the connection between obedience to God and trust in God. And as we see that connection, we realize that the power to obey comes from God in whom we trust. So let's pick it up today in Jeremiah 35. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah when Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was ruling over Judah. Go to the Rechabite community. Invite them to come into one of the side rooms of the Lord's temple and offer them some wine to drink. So I went and got Jazaniah, son of Jeremiah, the grandson of Habazaniah, his brothers, all his sons, and all the rest of the Rechabite community. I took them to the Lord's temple. I, looked, I took them to, into the room where the disciples of the prophet Hannah, son of Igdaliah, stayed. That room was next to the one where the temple officers stayed, and above the room where Messiah, son of Shalom, the, one of the doorkeepers of the temple, stayed. Then I set cups and pitchers full of wine in front of the members of the Rechabite community and said to them, Have some wine. But they answered, We do not drink wine, because our ancestor Jonadab, son of Rechab, commanded us not to. He told us, You and your children must never drink wine. Do not build houses, do not plant crops, do not plant a vineyard or own one. Live in your in tents all your lives. If you do these things, you will live a long time in the land that you wander about on. We and our wives and our sons and our daughters have obeyed everything our ancestor Jonadab, son of Rechab, commanded us. We have never drunk wine. We have not built any houses to live in. We do not own any vineyards, fields, or crops. We have lived in tents. We have obeyed our ancestor Jonadab and done exactly as, as he commanded us. But when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon invaded the land, we said, Let's get up and go to Jerusalem to get away from the Babylonian and Aramean armies. That is why we are staying in Jerusalem. Then the Lord's message came to Jeremiah. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, told him, Go and speak to the people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem. Tell them, I, the Lord, say, You must learn a lesson from this about obeying what I say. Jonadab, son of Rechab, ordered his descendants not to drink wine. His orders have been carried out. To this day his descendants have drunk no wine because they have obeyed what their ancestor commanded them. But I have spoken to you over and over again, but you have not obeyed me. I sent all my servants the prophets to warn you over and over again. They said, Every one of you stop doing the evil things that you have been doing and do what is right. Do not pay allegiance to other gods and worship them. Then you can continue to live in this land that I gave you and your ancestors. But you did not pay attention, any attention, or listen to me. Yes, the descendants of Jonadab, son of Rechab, have carried out the orders that their ancestor gave them. But you people have not obeyed me. So I, the Lord, God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, say, I will soon bring on Judah and all the citizens of Jerusalem all the disaster that I threatened to bring on them. I will do this because I spoke to them, but they did not listen. I called out to them, but they did not answer. Then Jeremiah spoke to the Rechabite community, saying, The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, You have obeyed the orders of your ancestor Jonadab. 
You have followed all his instructions. You have done exactly as he commanded you. So the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, Jonadab, son of Rechab, will never lack a male descendant to serve me. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah in the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was ruling over Judah, saying, Get a scroll, write on it everything I have told you to say about Israel, Judah, and all the other nations since I began to speak to you in the reign of Josiah until now. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about all the disaster I intend to bring on them, they will stop doing the evil things that they have been doing. If they do, I will forgive their sins and the wicked things they have done. So Jeremiah summoned Baruch son of Neriah. Then Baruch wrote down in a scroll all the Lord's words that he had told Jeremiah as they came from his mouth. Then Jeremiah told Baruch, I am no longer allowed to go into the Lord's temple. So you go there the next time all the people of Judah come in from their towns to fast in the Lord's temple. Read out loud, where all of them can hear you, what I told you the Lord said, which you wrote in the scroll. Perhaps then they will ask the Lord for mercy, and will all stop doing the evil things that they have been doing. For the Lord has threatened to bring great anger and wrath against these people. So Baruch son of Neriah did exactly what the prophet Jeremiah told him to do. He read what the Lord had said from the scroll in the temple of the Lord. All the people living in Jerusalem and all the people who came into Jerusalem from the towns of Judah observed a fast before the Lord. The fast took place in the ninth month of the fifth year that Jehoiakim son of Josiah was ruling over Judah. At that time Baruch went into the temple of the Lord. He stood in the entrance of the room of Jeremiah, the son of Shaphan, who had been the royal secretary. That room was in the upper court near the entrance of the new gate. There, where all the people could hear him, he read from the scroll that Jeremiah had said. Micaiah, the son of Jeremiah, the, uh, Jeremiah, the grandson of Shaphan, heard Baruch read from the scroll, scroll everything the Lord had said. He went down to the chamber of the royal secretary in the king's palace and found all the court officials in session there. Elishama, the royal secretary, Deliah, son of Shemaiah, Elnathan, son of Akbor, Jeremiah, son of Japan, Zedekiah, son of Hananiah, and all the other officials were seated there. Micaiah told them everything he had heard from Baruch uh, that he had read in the scroll in the hearing of the people. All the officials sent Je- Jehudai, who was the son of Nathanani, the son of Shalamiah, the son of Cushi, to Baruch. They ordered him to tell Baruch, Come here and bring with you the scroll you read in the hearing of the people. So Baruch, son of Neriah, went to them carrying the scroll in his hand. They said to him, Please sit down and read it to us. So Baruch sat down and read it to them. When they had heard it all, they expressed their alarm to one another. They said to Baruch, We must certainly give the king a report about everything you have read. Then they asked Baruch, How did you come to write all these words? Do they actually come from Jeremiah's mouth? Baruch answered, Yes, they came from his own mouth. He dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them down in ink on this scroll. Then the official said to Baruch, You and Jeremiah must go and hide. You must not let anyone know where you are. The officials put the scroll in the room of Elishama, the royal secretary, for safekeeping. Then they went to the court and reported everything to the king. The king sent Jehudai to get the scroll. He went and got it from the room of Elishama, the royal secretary. Then he himself read it to the king and all the officials who were standing around him. Since it was the ninth month of the year, the king was sitting in his winter quarters. A fire was burning in the firepot in front of him. As soon as Jehudai had read three or four columns of the scroll, the king would cut them off of, with a penknife and throw them into the fire in the firepot. He kept doing so until the whole scroll was burned up in the fire. Neither he nor any of his attendants showed any alarm when they heard all that had been read. Nor did they tear their clothes to show any grief or sorrow. The king did not even listen to Al Nathan, 
Deliah, and Gemariah, who had urged him not to burn the scroll. He also ordered Jeremiel, who was one of the royal princes, Zariah, son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, son of Abdeel, to arrest the scribe Baruch and the prophet Jeremiah. However, the Lord hid them. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll with the words of Baruch, that the, with the words Baruch had written down at Jeremiah's dictation. The Lord said, Get another scroll and write on it everything that was written on the original scroll that King Jehoiakim of Judah burned. Tell King Jehoiakim of Judah, The Lord says, You burned the scroll. You asked Jeremiah, How dare you write in this scroll that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and wipe out all the people and animals on it? So the Lord says concerning King Jehoiakim of Judah, None of his line will occupy the throne of David. His dead body will be thrown out to the, be exposed by, to scorching heat by day and frost by night. I will punish him and his descendants and the officials who serve him for the wicked things they have done. I will bring on them, the citizens of Jerusalem and the people of Judah, all the disaster that I told them about and that they ignored. Then Jeremiah got another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch, son of Neriah. As Jeremiah dictated, Baruch wrote on the scroll everything that had been on the scroll that King Jehoiakim of Judah burned in the fire. They also added on this scroll several other messages of the same kind. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, succeeded Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, as king. He was elevated to the throne of the land of Judah by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Neither he nor his officials who served him nor the people of Judah paid any attention to what the Lord said through the prophet Jeremiah. King Zedekiah sent Jehuchal, son of Jehalamiah, and the priest Zephaniah, son of Messiah, to the prophet Jeremiah to say, Please pray to the Lord our God on our behalf. Now Jeremiah had not yet been put in prison, so he was still free to come and go among the people as he pleased. At that time the Babylonian forces had temporarily given up their siege against Jerusalem. They had, it, they had had it under siege, but withdrew when they heard that the army of Pharaoh had set out from Egypt. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah, saying, This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. This is what you must say to the king of Judah who sent you to seek my help. Beware, Pharaoh's army was on its way to help you that was on its way to help you is about to go back home to Egypt. Then the Babylonian forces will return. They will attack the city and will capture it and burn it. Moreover, I the Lord warn you not to deceive yourselves into thinking that the Babylonian forces will go away and leave you alone, for they will not go away. For even if you were to defeat all the Babylonian forces fighting against you so badly that only wounded men were left lying in their tents, they would get up and burn the city down. The following events also occurred while the Babylonian forces had temporarily withdrawn from Jerusalem because the army of Pharaoh was coming. Jeremiah started to leave Jerusalem to go to the territory of Benjamin. He wanted to make sure he got his share of the property that was being divided up among his family there. But he only got as far as the Benjamin gate. There, an officer in charge of the guards named Arijah, who was the son of Shelemiah and the grandson of Hananiah, stopped him. He seized Jeremiah and said, You are deserting to the Babylonians. Jeremiah answered, That's a lie. I'm not deserting to the Babylonians. But Arijah, who would not listen to him, Arijah put Jeremiah under arrest and took him to the officials. The officials were very angry with Jeremiah. They had him flogged and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan, the royal secretary, which they had converted into a place for confining prisoners. So Jeremiah was put in prison in a cell in a dungeon in Jonathan's house. He was kept there for a long time. Then King Zedekiah had him brought to the palace. There he questioned him privately and asked him, Is there any message from the Lord? Jeremiah answered, Yes, there is. 
Then he announced, You will be handed over to the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah asked King Zedekiah, What crime have I committed against you or the officials who serve you or the people of Judah? What have I done to make you people throw me into prison? Where now are the prophets who prophesied to you that the king of Babylon would not attack you or this land? But now please listen, your royal majesty, and grant my plea for mercy. Do not send me back to the house of Jonathan, the royal secretary. If you do, I will die there. Then King Zedekiah ordered that Jeremiah be committed to the courtyard of the guardhouse. He also ordered that a loaf of bread be given to him every day from the baker's street until all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah was kept in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Now Shephatiah, son of Matan, Jedaliah, son of Pashur, Jehukal, son of Jelemiah, and Pashur, son of Machijah, had heard the things that Jeremiah had been telling the people. They had heard him say, The Lord says those who stay in the city will die in battle or of starvation or disease. Those who leave the city and surrender to the Babylonians will live. They will escape with their lives. They had also heard him say, The Lord says this city will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon. They will capture it. So these officials said to the king, This man must be put to death, for he is demoralizing the soldiers who are left in the city as well as the other people there by these things he is saying. This man is not seeking to help these people, but is trying to harm them. King Zedekiah said to them, Very well, you can do what you want with him, for I cannot do anything to stop you. So the officials took Jeremiah and put him in a cistern of Malchijah, one of the royal princes, that was in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Of the guardhouse. There was no water in the cistern, only mud. So when they lowered Jeremiah into the cistern with ropes, he sank in the mud. An Ethiopian, Ebed-Melech, a court official in the royal palace, heard that Jeremiah had, put, had been put in the cistern. While the king was holding court at the Benjamin Gate, Ebed-Melech departed the palace and went to speak to the king. He said to him, Your royal majesty, those men have been very wicked in all that they have done to the prophet Jeremiah. They have thrown him into a cistern, and he is sure to die of starvation there because there is no food left in the city. Then the king gave Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian the following order, Take thirty men with you from here and go and pull the prophet Jeremiah out of the cistern before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went to a room under the treasure room in the royal palace. He got some worn-out clothes and old rags from there and let them down by ropes to Jeremiah in the cistern. Ebed-Melech called down to Jeremiah, saying, Put these rags and worn-out clothes under your armpits to pad the ropes. Jeremiah did as Ebed-Melech instructed. So they pulled Jeremiah up from the cistern with ropes, and Jeremiah, however, still remained confined in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Some time later, Zedekiah sent, to, sent and had Jeremiah brought to him at the third entrance of the Lord's temple. The king said to Jeremiah, I would like to ask you a question. Do not hide anything from me when you answer. Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If I answer you, you will certainly kill me. If I give you advice, you will not listen to me. So King Zedekiah made a secret promise to Jeremiah and sealed it with an oath. He promised, As surely as the Lord lives who has given us life and breath, I promise you this, I will not kill you or hand you over to those men who want to kill you. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, The Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, You must surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon. If you do, your life will be spared and the city will not be burned down. Indeed, you and your family will be spared. But if you do not surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, this city will be handed over to the Babylonians and they will burn it down. You yourself will not escape from them. Then King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, 
I'm afraid of the Judeans who have deserted to the Babylonians. The Babylonians might hand me over to them, and they will torture me. Then Jeremiah answered, You will not be handed over to them. Please obey the Lord by doing what I have been telling you. Then all will go well with you, and your life will be spared. But if you refuse to surrender, the Lord has shown me a vision of what will happen. Here is what I saw. All the women who are left in the royal palace of Judah will be led out to the officers of the king of Babylon. They will taunt you, saying, you trusted, Your trusted friends misled you. They have gotten the best of you. Now that your feet are stuck in the mud, they have turned their backs on you. All your wives and your children will be turned over to the Babylonians. You yourself will not escape from them, but will be captured by the king of Babylon. The city will be burned down. Then Zedekiah told Jeremiah, Do not let anyone know about our conversation we have had. If you do, you will die. The officials may hear that I have talked with you. They may come to you and say, Tell us what you said to the king and what the king said to you. Do not hide anything from us. If you do, we will kill you. If you do this, tell them, I was pleading with the king not to send me back to die in the dungeon of Jonathan's house. All the officials did indeed come and question Jeremiah. He told them exactly what the king had instructed him to say. They stopped questioning him any further because no one had actually heard their conversation. So Jeremiah remained confined in the courthouse, a courtyard of the guardhouse until the day Jerusalem was captured. And we'll leave it there and see what happens next in the ongoing back and forth between Jeremiah and the king and the Babylonians. And we'll see what happens with the downfall of Jerusalem and whether God's word comes true. But what I hope we notice throughout this entire section of Jeremiah is the trust that Jeremiah has in God, the trust that the Rechabites had in what they've been told, and how obedience flows out of trust, and how disobedience comes from the lack of trust that we see in the life of Zedekiah and other officials who refuse to believe and trust in God and his word. And now we turn to 1 Peter 2, where the Apostle Peter continues to instruct the people, show them the wonder of who God is and what he's like, and then call them to obey God's word and to trust in him as they do. 1 Peter 2. So get rid of all evil and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and yearn like newborn infants for pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up to salvation, if you have experienced the Lord's kindness. So, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men but chosen and precious in God's sight, you yourselves as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it says in Scripture, Look, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and whoever believes in him will never be put to shame. So, you who believe see his value. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stumbling stone and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobeyed the word, as they were destined to do. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, so that you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, but now you are God's people. You were shown no mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to keep away from fleshly desires that do battle against your soul and maintain good conduct among the non-Christians so that though they may now malign you as wrongdoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God when he appears. Be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake, whether to a king as supreme or to governors as those key commissions to punish wrongdoers and praise those who do good. 
For God wants you to silence the ignorance of the foolish people by doing good. Live as free people, not using your freedom as a pretext for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor all people, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the king. Slaves, be subject to your masters with all reverence, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are perverse. For this finds God's favor if because of conscience toward God someone endures hardship and suffering unjustly. For what credit is is it if you sin and are mistreated and endure it? But if you do good and suffer and so endure, this finds favor with God. For to this you were called, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow in his steps. He committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. When he was maligned, he did not answer back. When he suffered, he threatened no retaliation, but committed himself to God who justly, just, who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we may cease from sinning and live for righteousness. By his wounds you were healed, for you were going astray like sheep, but now you have turned back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Notice how Peter weaves back and forth a call to obey God, but then a reminder of God's grace and his mercy to us in Jesus Christ, which is the motivation to trust God and to obey him in response to his amazing, gracious love. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.